Jeez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. It's Thierry already! He scored! He scored for Arsenal in the bottom bar! Back to Arsenal! That's an Arsenal! Yes! Get in there! Welcome back to the Different Knock Podcast, episode number... You right? <laughs> yeah, my fucking mic just fell over. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, pretty good. I think that's uh, similar to Arsenal's evening, so don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Welcome back to the Different Knock Podcast, episode number 22, with my good friend Bradley Adams, and I'm delighted to say a very special guest in Aaron, who is at Read the Game on Twitter. Welcome, 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 welcome. How you doing, man? Uh... I mean, not great. <laughs> it was it was a tough watch, like for me. I'm watching with two two my flatmates who are both United fans, which just made yeah. it even more unbearable. Yeah. But after last week, they they weren't piping up too much. To be fair, it was alright. Yeah. Yeah, they've only got so much they can they can come back on. Um, so before we have to analyze that absolute shit show, I'd just love to ask you a couple of questions because you you write for Arsenal.com, right? Yeah, um, I've done a few articles now. Um, basically, how it, how it started off was I've been writing for my blog for a few years just on Arsenal, on WordPress. And, you know, I sort of send it send it about and um, see if I can ever get any decent uh, outlets to write for. And nice. I sent it to the editor of Arsenal.com. It must have been. Love that. Balls. Yeah, no, mate. Fucking yes. Good man. You have to send it about, and if something, if something comes of it, brilliant. If not, not really done any harm. So in June, I think I sent in an, an article on Arteta, um, and he was like, oh, yeah, this is this is good stuff. We'd love, we'd love you to do some pieces. And I was like, right, just honestly let me know whenever. Did you shit yourself? I did a wee bit, yeah. I was, yeah. I was <laughs> I was properly gassed because he was like, I'll, I'll let you know if we have any pieces. And he didn't for like a few months. So I was like, oh, but yeah. he's, he's just saying not to be nice. But then he was like, if you could do a similar piece whenever we sign players, um, it would be brilliant. So effectively what happened was I did a piece on William, a piece on Gabriel, and then a piece on Party as well. So it was it was pretty surreal for me. But honestly, I'm just, I was gassed to have the opportunity for it. Is that what you do, sort of? Because I know you you mentioned you're in your final year of uni. You're doing journalism at uni. Yeah, actually, I'm I'm in my final year. Uh, it's not not a bad start, is it? Final year already getting published. I know it's honestly, it, it feels so surreal. Like supporting Arsenal whole life, just writing crappy articles on my blog for a few years, and then <laughs> I see myself like my name on Arsenal.com or whatever, and people I know are like. How, how have you done this then? I don't even know how I've done this. Yeah. No, but mate, you, you, it's fully deserved. Like I, I remember uh, reading your your party article and I didn't know who you were. 
And I remember thinking, because it was so good, I was like, who wrote this? And that's how I found you. Like, it wasn't even a thing of going through. It was honestly a fantastic, fantastic breakdown. Um, so we're, 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 we're privileged to have you on. So thank you so much for coming yeah, on. Yeah, no, thank you so much, mate. So happy to be on. Right, boys. Uh, we played a football match. <clears throat> apparently did we i mean w- well aston villa played a football match. i think we played we yeah. we were there uh there was 11 players on the pitch if if you can count lacazette as a player no there wasn't um no, no i don't think you can count william as a player either yeah. <laughs> uh right boys missing we've got to do missing we, we've got to do some kind of analysis um okay let's start at the very beginning um so with the lineups then we were unchanged from from the United game, which uh, I th- I believe big mistake. Okay, interesting. Um, I believe is the first time we've been completely unchanged this season. That could be wrong. Someone will be going, no, it's not. We were unchanged against Dundalk. Uh, but I be- certainly one of the some of the f- certainly one of the first times we were unchanged. Um, Aaron, what was your first reaction when you saw the the lineup? Was there anything that sort of stood out for you? Well, I'm not I'm not surprised with the lineup. Um, it's definitely not the one I wanted. I think what, what I wanted and what any seeing Arsenal fan has always wanted is Aubameyang down the middle. Like, like is there, he's been... Bradley just perked up. <laughs> yeah. He, he consistently does nothing, really. He offers nothing. And Arteta just has this weird fetish of playing Aubameyang on the left when it's clearly not working. Um, the other one was, I just really wanted Pepe in. I feel like he's been doing his thing in Europa League. He was good when he came on against Sheffield United and Williams done nothing to warrant the start. So that was the main one for me as well. I know he's good old Trapper, but Rob Holding, I'm sort of not a fan of. Um, I feel like Louise offers a lot more in the build-up and they're more or less on the same level defensively. So they were the three main ones for me mm. anyway. Yep. Kind of yep. questioning a little bit. Anyway. Completely agree, man. So I, I was looking at on who scored just before we started and Lacazette's average position was deeper than Partey's. I know Partey went off at half-time, but I know Lacazette's being asked to play this this deeper role and my only real excuse for Lacazette playing was that he does have a bit more physicality and Ketia seems to have a bit of a nasty streak. I think he manages to get himself booked. He doesn't quite work out that balance between aggressiveness and, and kind of, and kind of um, playing on the front foot kind of thing. And Lacazette does it, but I watched him specifically in that role because I was going, can you please convince me that you should be playing even just, just to play this role, right? He was bullied off the ball by McGinn. He falls over all the time. I don't want to be reactionary, but that just feels like no point playing him. And and, and that sounds, it's a very, it's a very, yeah, it's a I very weird. this is the issue though, mate. It's not reactionary anymore. But it's a very like, we've just lost 3-0, fuck everyone kind of thing. And I don't want to be that. No, 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 I know. But, it, but... but we've like, it's, it's been, it's been a well-known fact for a while that we signed the Bamiang to replace Lacazette six months after we signed Lacazette. That doesn't bode well for how good he was as a player in the first place, let alone now that we are constantly playing him to the detriment of our team. Putting him in forces Aubameyang out on the left. And whilst Mikel Arteta might be wanking over formations with Aubameyang out on the left in his bedroom at night, it does not work. We've seen it not work. You know, it it might be fine in one-off games. It's just not overall. I'm not convinced on Alba down the middle, right? I'm not convinced on Alba down the middle, okay? Aaron, like, I, I understand the numbers 
look better. Yeah. From, <laughs> I understand the numbers on some level look better from the left. Like, is there anything that you, I mean, from a greater footballing brain than me, is there anything that you can kind of show me about that? Because I, mean, I know you tweeted during the game that you'd love to see Alba down the middle. And I get that argument, but there's a part of me still going, the numbers do add up on the left. It's just that he's playing left wing back. And we've, there's, surely there's a, there's a different solution. But I, I mean, I don't know. What, like, what do you think? I mean, I think Aubameyang on the left as a concept is okay if he's playing the like inside forward role of, let's say, like a Mane or Salah does it in Liverpool. Mm-hmm. But it re- like you said, it really is just him basically left wing back. I watched, I was watching the game and he's crossed it in for Lacazette and for oh, William. Yeah. And you just sat there like, he's the one creating, but who's like, who's creating for Aubameyang? No, like yeah. no one. And I saw a lot of people like criticizing him sort of then since he's got his contract, he's not performing, but we're not giving him a platform to perform. And I do, I do get some concerns with Aubameyang down the middle because I can't really hold it up. But I think how you navigate that is you play Saka on the left as a, as an out and out wide midfielder, not, not as a wing back. He's further forward and he can whip them in. And, I think if you have Pepe on the right, I feel like that is a balanced run three. I've seen a lot of people say when Martinelli's back, he should be on the left and Aubameyang in the middle. I don't think you can get away with both of them because neither of them keep the ball very well. But I feel like with Saka on the left, it could be a good platform for Aubameyang middle. But honestly, Arteta, he's just frustrating me with it. And mm. I... I'm just tired. I'm I am tired of it, and I don't I don't expect it to change even after today. I really don't. Your holding point was an interesting one as well. I think he's so often shown players just get him on the inside, and he just he feels lackadaisical and on the back foot all yeah, the time. I think that was, I think he's a decent presence, but I think that was one of the biggest mistakes we made. Because I think, like you say, that I also I agree with Abamyang as a concept on the left if we dominate games. The reason Mane is so good on the left and Salah is so good on the right is because Liverpool dominate games. We don't. So we don't have the luxury of putting that player out on that left-hand channel. We need him through the middle so that for the three chances we're going to get in a game, we have somebody who's clinical there. But on Rob Holding, I'd agree with you. This was a game where we needed David Luiz and we needed that build-up play so we could create something. And we did miss that and we lost that tonight. Yeah, I mean... Watching watching Holden tonight, almost all, if you look at Villa's goals and almost every chance they created, it was in that channel between Villa and mm-hmm. Holden. Every yeah. time I saw Holden, he was running back after Grealish or after Watkins. He was never in control. And yeah, you can say what you want about David Luiz defensively. Sometimes he is a liability, but if you're not going to play Xhaka, I think you need Luiz because El Nenny. You know, he was, he was great last week, and I know you guys both like him a lot. Um, the El Nani, um, <laughs> and all that. <laughs> it's catching on. Come on. It's catching on. Uh, it'll be trending soon. Please, can you stick that on an Arsenal.com um, article? Please. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to get it in there. I, th- I, think, I think Alex would cry. Right one. Right one. I, I, I give you express permission to call it the El Nenaissance article. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think he's definitely been better, but, you know, he doesn't. He doesn't offer that um, like a killer pass, which fair enough. You have Luis in there, and you can get away with El Nini. But I think if 
if you're not playing either Xhaka or Ceballos, you do need Louise. Especially when we're playing the three at the back, really. Because he is protected mm-hmm. in a bit more. Elneny's useful and energetic, but he just doesn't offer the same in build-up. And, you know, he slots in well and he's... And yeah, yeah, I love him. <laughs> I mean, you know, I love him, but he's... He's like a B-Tech Jordan Henderson. He's not a baller, but he works hard. Yeah, yeah. He, um, he's a good squad player to have, but... 100%. In, in the big games, I feel like it's the same with Aubameyang on the left. In big games, it works. But when teams are sitting back a further 10, 15 yards, it, it doesn't work. It's not going to break down the team. And no. We created a couple of chances today, but Villa completely deserved the win. Yes, I think uh, I think watching that, thinking about now that seven-two. I mean, it was kind of wasn't quite as bad as that against us, but the the shades of Villa just wanting it more, being more aggressive. And I thought, you know, I looked at their lineup and I look at Barkley, I look at McGinn, I look at Grealish, and I think those are three players. I'm not saying they'd improve they'd improve us, but they're something that we don't have. They're players who can ball carry. They're players that are aggressive and physical in the in the midfield. Um, in that mold, we have a party, but he sits further back. On the game itself, then, I thought we started off okay. Um, obviously, we had that kind of moment in the uh, in the first half where, where their goal was disallowed. I think we got lucky, to be honest. Forty six seconds in. Yeah, I was worried from that from that position. By the letter of the law, it's an offside. I think think it's an offside. As in, in terms of the law, yeah. But if I was a Villa fan, I'd be be furious. (laughs) Of course. If if that had gone against us, we'd be fuming. But it is that same thing of like, unfortunately, the thing that needs to change is the offside rule rather than the way that like it's being dealt with. Because unfortunately... Like it's like I, I, yes, he's in uh, Barclays in Leno's way, but Leno's not getting to it. There's no way Leno saves it in the first place. It's fucking, it's gone. What are you on about? I I think it reminded me of the Lacazette goal that got this lot against Leicester. Like by the letter of the law, he's in his way, but the keepers never get it. Yeah, I I think we got away with it a bit. I I see. If if that had been given, I would have been a bit fuming because I'm like, well, why it wasn't Lacazette's given then? Because it was the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Mm. We we so, back a little from there and then just fell away. Yeah, so I I actually thought we were doing okay. Sort of from I'd say sort of five minutes onwards, we started to we, we just looked a bit shaken by that, and I thought, okay, we just need to dominate. We need to start you know playing those patterns, starting that build up, and 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 kind of getting the game ticking. I thought Party started really well. Um, a couple of nice, really nice interceptions. There was a moment where he he was pressuring um, Emmy, um, and one is I think it was a corner or something. I could be wrong. Um, there was a couple of nice interceptions, and we looked. Um, what's interesting about Party as well? I'm sure you can <laughs> speak more more um, more lucidly on this than I can, Aaron. But for me, there was like there was I could see almost like a ring of players around Party. I had to clearly trust him to kind of take up that space, and I thought it was encouraging in that first period. To see, see clearly, you know, Mo was kind of doing the running, and Party was allowed that freedom and that and that and that space. Yeah, I mean, I think Party really suits a midfield three. I think he likes he likes to play. He likes to tuck in on that right side, and with the way Bellerin's been playing, he's basically being used as an outlet on the right. And I think if you can get a three, you can get El Nenny in there alongside Party or Jaka. And you just really need that, like, creative player. Like you said, McGinn, Barkley, Grealish. 
I, I think they all improve us, like especially McGinn and Grealish. We just need that midfielder who's small, he's nippy, he's got a low sensor of gravity and like can create between the lines. Like I'm I'm bored of talking about it and I'm sure everyone is, but I measures or can't get in our squad. It's just you see, I don't think I don't think I agree with you, and I, I, I've said so. I've said so many times. Meza Özil is my favorite Arsenal player to date. As in, like, like me knowing Arsenal, everyone says they love Thierry Henry, but they were fucking four years old when he was playing for us. So it's not exactly a true representation of the players they've seen. But I don't know whether Meza Özil tonight changes that. I think we need more of a Barkley character who cannot because we are we are lacking ball carriers. We're we're lacking people other than party like. Elneny is great at being that kind of dogged harrier. Like, he will run at you, he will pressure you, and he'll try and win the ball back. But I don't see him picking it up, driving 20 yards and playing a pass. The brilliance of Meza Ozil is he plays the pass. But unfortunately, I don't know whether he gives you that 20 yards of ball carrying. And that's really what we missed tonight. It felt like this weird game of FIFA, almost, where every time we just started to get a little bit out, they got the ball again and were straight back at us. And we were penned into our own half for so long. At risk of sounding like Tony Pulis, they just wanted it more. It felt like they just wanted it more mm-hmm. from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And like, I think they exposed our problems with three at the back. It somehow yeah. it, it makes us a little bit better defensively, but not solid defensively, while also looking pretty shocking going forward. You just see that kind of U formation with the three centre-backs and the full-backs, and it just goes round and round in circles until... They pressed us, and credit to Villa. Mm. I thought they pressed us brilliantly today. Mm. We're like we're really playing out of the park. Unreal, well. unreal. And I don't think Dean Smith is the best manager in the world, but this season he's he's done really well. But I also think we made them look good. Like you look at their last two games, they conceded what um, four against Leeds, um, th- sorry four against Southampton, three against Leeds, and today we can't even score against them. It's, it's mad. Mm-hmm. I think they've scored twice as many as us in the league. We've got nine, they've got 18. Mm-hmm. That is just like, criminal. And they've kept it's more crazy. And-, and if you look at the reasons that Leeds and that Southampton scored against them so many times, it's the running. Leeds, again, they have so many players doing so much. Like... They're covering so much ground, covering so much dis- distance with and without the ball. And it's the same with Hasenhutl. I think he is one of the most underrated managers in the league. You know, he's got this Southampton team full of players that... Because the issue is, is player for player, if you're going on lineup, we're a better team. We are. There's a few positions that are kind of debatable. The Leno-Martinez debate. My personal coin flip would go to Martinez, but that's because of the style of play I want to see us playing. And Grealish is obviously better than 90% of our midfielders. But player for player, we are better than them. But they pressed us well. They ran it well. They were incisive and decisive at so many points that we just didn't know how to deal with them. Yeah, I think they just, they overran us. Like, they just, they were more intense. It looked like, it genuinely looked like we had played European football on Thursday. But you look at that lineup and you go... William was was William the only one? I think there might have been one more Leno, but like obviously he's not um, running around. So at, at risk of starting a fire in South London, Willian discuss. Oh, 
mean I, that no no that's it that's we only needed that noise <laughs> I, I can't even like fathom it anymore I, like arteta must despise pepe like well, what is like what is william offering to the team because people will go on about like defensively he works harder or whatever but like did nothing defensively today no he gave the ball away in transition so so many times there was counterattacks started and Bellerin's completely out of position then because he's just absolutely he's just lackadaisical on the ball and he doesn't he just doesn't offer anything in the final third either like you saw that shot just at the start of the second half yeah it was on his week but he put it like 15 yards wide from inside the box and just like Jesus, man, this, this, this can't go on. And it was what the 65th, 70th minute before he yeah. came off. Like, just make that sub at half time. For me, the telling point of how bad William has been is the rehearsed free kick that they tried the first time, and he hit it too hard, so it went to Tierney from a dead ball situation. No pressure. Look, like, this like I I said this when we signed him. I said this before we were, we were signing him he will have glimmers of maybe offering things occasionally against lower sides, but he is not an improvement on anything we have. Reese Nelson offers the same as him. Pepe offers the same as him. Saka and Martinelli offers the same as him. And you could make an argument that if he was playing on the left and we had Alba through the middle. Nope. He's gone. Rad, you've gone. Oh, gee. Oh, well. <laughs> Williams annoyed him that much. Yeah, he's, he's literally, his internet's cut out. Williams cut his lines. <laughs> Essentially, we think Willian might have come along and cut Brad's Wi-Fi lines, but we're back up now. Uh, so you were you were having... No, because he would have actually had to have done something to do that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yes, go on, Brad. Can Finish your rant. I just don't... Th- he doesn't offer anything more than what we already had at the club when we signed him. He doesn't offer more than Nelson, doesn't offer more than Pepe, doesn't offer more than Saka, doesn't offer more than Martinelli. When it comes to output as well, if you look at his his rough output, it's never more than kind of eight goals, eight assists a season on a good season. Not only that, he's 33 and we signed him on a three-year contract. To me, it just it just doesn't make sense. If, if we'd signed him on a two-year deal um, and we're playing him out on the left and saying, okay, well, Martinelli's injured. We're playing Alba through the middle. So we needed some cover there with Saka, him and Martinelli. And then, you know, next season, he's only got 12 months left on his contract and he'll be a bit plot player. I'd be like, fair enough. But we've signed him up for three years with the possibility of a fourth. And we're not, we're playing him in a position where our club record signing, who hasn't started four matches in a row in any, co- in including all competitions. And that, that's not just Premier League. All right. And as soon as Pepe came on, he was trying things. He was lively. He was active. Okay. Maybe because of the position he's in, like we said in the last episode, we're asking him to do too much, but he at least has the ability to do something. And in this game, that is exactly what we needed. The two big mistakes tonight were starting Willian. uh, I mean, starting Lacazette. I don't even think I'm going to call it a mistake anymore. It's just Mikel needs to sort it out or he's going to be called Michael from now on because that is like Forest Green Rovers level of management. But- I can't tell you how many times off pod Brad has said that joke to me. It's the first time on the pod. I'll allow it. You'll allow it, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's honestly an adult of Forest Green Rovers. Like, I, I, I love Mikel. <laughs> and the, the annoying thing is 
you like criticize him on Twitter or anything, and everyone's like, "Oh, you're Mikel." Like, no, like, not I'm at def- all. I not- love the man. Yeah, like minimum to the end of the season, I think he deserves even more time than that. Like, he's clearly got some great ideas, but he's with seems- two players, he's changed us. Yeah, he-, he seems very stubborn in his ways. Like Pepe, he was great off the bench against Sheffield United. Next game, he starts against City. Yeah, he's per. So is everyone. He hasn't started a Premier League game since. And what is that now? Four games in a row, we haven't scored a single open play goal in the league. Yeah, we scored last week. Scored a penalty. It was a good performance. But those other three games, Leicester, City, tonight, not a single goal. Like, that that cannot continue. And I think the three at the back have to go, really. I don't think it gets the best out of, honestly, anyone. I think party's better. In a three, I think if we play Pepe on the right, having a three in midfield will help give him a bit of support. Like you said, we do ask him to do a bit too much. And we do focus all our attacks on the left as well, which is baffling when Aubameyang's crossing it into William or Pepe. So the left thing, yeah. The left thing is strange because we have Saka, who is left. (laughs) Left what? (laughs) Like, he's just on the left. And, I mean, he's not a defender. We saw that with the first goal. Um, it just feels to me like we're overloading that side, which is fine, but we do that every single game. So te- teams know that if you, and as you said, Aaron, if you pick up in that channel between better and holding, one, there's less player because we've got someone over on the left, and two, they're weak. They're both weak defensively, in my opinion. So it's a clear and obvious weak point for us. Um, on On the goal specifically, the first goal, um, I mean, it, ironically, it came from originally Willian giving the ball away, um, and then Holding just sort of stood there and stared at stared at Grealish for about four seconds. I thought, just kiss him, mate. Do you know what I mean? Like it was just weird. That, that's what happened all game. Like Holding stood off the whole time. He didn't make make a single challenge. Like we lament Mustafi and Louise, and rightly so because they are too rash. But Holding just just completely sat off. I think. Gabriel has that nice balance between he knows when to be aggressive and come up and he does know mm. when to sit back. Holden just let the game bypass him. Like we we were just playing with like ten men, but then it was probably about six men when you count some of the other performances. I, I just think he he just he just stood there and he was he was ball watching really. And that's putting it nicely. It is putting it nicely. It's Yeah. That's that is very <laughs> kind. Uh, at least he shaved his head though, bless him. Um so <laughs> Um, yes something I do also want to come on to before we sort of look at the other goals and the, and the moments in the match a bit more specifically I don't know the stats Aubameyang's on a bit of a dry spell um, are we worried and let's take the positional side of things out of it let's let's ignore the fact of where he's playing in the system are we worried specifically about Alba individually for me there was a shot of him it's so difficult, isn't it? Because we're not on the ground and we can't see and we can't watch someone. We're, we're, we're beheld into what the TV cameras want us to see, uh, what the system wants us to see, man. Um, but there was a shot of Aubameyang and he just looked tired. Um, I, I'm up for change, but is there something more pernicious there or am I reading too much into it? I mean, I do get what you mean. He does look a bit of a forlorn figure. Um, but I, I I think it's hard not to talk about the position. I really think that's the main 
reason for how he's been playing. And I think the reason he signed the contract, he will have been told you're going to play through the middle because he said many times he's happy to do a job for the team, but he much prefers playing in the middle. I think if he's in the middle, he doesn't head a ball with the top of his head. That chance from Lacazette, the the Tierney thing. What on earth are you doing? Yeah, it's just, it's, I think it's also, it's frustration because I think playing on the left is fine if it's going well and succeeding and if he's getting opportunities. But what it seems like we're doing is playing him on the left to then overload the left and switch to the right, which makes no sense to have a player who had less touches in an opponent's final third and box than Nathan Redmond last season. And this is the third consecutive episode I have had to say this stat, right? And still was only one goal away from the golden boot. And we're, we're using him to switch play to other players. He's crossing it, it in. <laughs> It's mental. I know, I know, it's mental. When we already have so many players on that left hand side, so I don't I'm like, what where are they? If you if you look at Arsenal pre lockdown, like when I when I did my Antenna article on it, I watched like I watched a lot of games back. And yeah, Bamiang was playing on the left, but Xhaka basically was playing left back and Saka was basically playing left wing. So Bamiang was drifting in and almost all of his goals were like crosses like Pepe, you, I don't know if you remember against Newcastle and against Everton, basically a carbon copy. Pepe was whipping it in and Aubameyang was back post on the left. And that yeah. is when it can work. When he's sat there and he drifts in. But it's, like you said, we're overloading the left. Tierney, Saka and Aubameyang, they're all in each other's way. Like, there's, there's yeah. no one in the middle. There's no one. We also we do miss uh, that runner from midfield. We miss a Ramsey type. And yeah. I'm not Massive as big mate. a fan. But I think Joe Willock can provide that to some degree. Yeah, that was another thing that I, w- I wanted to to bring up. Is after such a good display, and again, I'm I'm similar to you, Aaron. I'm not his biggest fan. I don't. I worry about his ceiling. I don't think it's that high. But <sighs> you've got Xhaka and Ceballos on the bench. Like they do, not that they do the same job because that's too simplistic. But if you're trying to change a game. Surely he has a he has a shot to be on the bench. I mean, then maybe there's something we don't know. Maybe he was injured. I don't know. But you know, fitness. Who knows? But but William William played and he's four hundred and seven. Do you know what I mean? Like Willock's twenty one. He played Thursday. Yeah, but William doesn't run. Yeah, I just I, I just it concerns me about Willock because I'm going you know and it's 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 a it, it, it there is a concern about quite a few players, especially Pepe and 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 Willock and and, and Maitland Niles at the moment. Um, is what does Arteta think of these guys? And I know, and I love Arteta. And we have a question later, and I do want to get onto Arteta specifically. He obviously prizes people who work really hard, and that's fine. And he prizes people who have a great attitude and fab. That's a great little starting point. But when we're in transition, sometimes you need to sacrifice that. Like, I will only play the players who care. It's like, well, we need the players who can do a good job, like who, who are going to be crucial for the system. Lionel Messi is is almost like the key person for this point. Lionel Messi does not give a shit. He will lose the ball and walk back. But are you telling me you don't play Lionel Messi? Like, 
It's the same. It's the same thing. It doesn't Apart matter. Apart from the fact that Willock isn't Lionel Messi, but yeah, I know no, what you mean. No, 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 no. Of course not. Of course not. But that's more a comment on like maybe Maitland Niles not caring enough. But then he goes up to a penalty and he doesn't give a shit and he smashes it home. Sometimes you need a player with that level of cockiness and swagger and confidence. So and they'll do things and they'll try things. Obviously, one of the main issues that we've got at the moment is our squad is so bloated. We need a summer to remove 10 players from our roster and refresh it. We need we need so many players out. We need Xhaka gone. We need Mustafi gone. Socrates gone. Unfortunately, I've always been a massive supporter of Ozil, but he's not going to get a new contract. So moving him out will be good. Getting Kalazanak out will be good. Getting rid of Holding and Chambers and all of these Deadwood centre-backs that we've been saying since we bought Holding and since we bought Chambers, oh, they're full of potential. They might come good. It's been six years. Move on. It's time to sell them. Get some money. It's time to go. Elsewhere. This is the thing. We've got so many players who are just so used to being there that that it's not like it just doesn't look like they care anymore. They've been there for so long. They're part of the team. And Lacazette strikes me as this kind of person that will work really, really hard in training. But it doesn't matter how hard you work in training. If you keep dropping stinkers, the level of Akin Fenwa. I, I think Brad, can you say you've taken the pride out of it, Gazidis? <laughs> Mate, this is all Gazidis' fault. Fuck Gazidis. Go on, Aaron. Go on. Bald fraud. I've got PTSD <laughs> from him, honestly. Dickhead. It, it, on, on their goals, just to be... I know I, I don't want to dwell on them too much, I, but I do want to pick up on the Grealish one where he runs it and he just body checks Baron. Oof. It's a, it's a great... Listen, it's a great bit of technical stuff and then there's a moment about technical stuff, technical play... And then about 10 minutes later, he, he again, he's just meandering through our midfield, cutting up, and no one wants to get near him because they know they'll get bodied. Or they'll concede a foul. It does. It does. Um, Most foul player in the league last season. Yeah. It it, it does uh, amount to me to feel like, oh, we could do with a player like Watkins. We could do with a player like Grealish. But I was watching all of their players going, oh, do you know what? <laughs> like... And it's concerning, but I think the main thing is the attitude. I, I, I'm not. I don't think on. I think Grealish. I think on on their best day. I think probably Grealish and Watkins get into our, our team. But the rest of them, like McGinn, just because he wanted it more, he just he yeah, bodied Lacazette at one point. 100%. He, he rushed past it, and and it, and and that goal just felt like it came out of a desire more than anything. Do you know what I mean? It just felt like, and and Grealish was still going for it at the end. And I think, how can these players? Grealish has nothing to prove. Barkley has a bit of something to prove, but Grealish has nothing to prove at this level for Aston Villa. He's he's peaked at that level. He knows he's he's going to get in that team every week. He's their best player. He's their captain, homegrown 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 captain. I mean, he does still have something to prove when it comes to England, though, which could be the thing that we see keep driving him on. Maybe, but what I'm saying is, is that it's that desire, as in, it, for me, it's, I'm, we're going all oh, maybe it's England, maybe whatever it is. It doesn't matter. He's given himself a reason. Maybe it is England, whatever it is. But but for me, it's it. All of our players surely have something to prove. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? At club level, Grealish has nothing to prove at club level, and he's trying to uh, aside from going, at a going level. Up, yeah, aside from yeah. going up a, a club was what I'm saying. At this level, Aston Villa, he doesn't need to be running in the 89th minute. So why is he the one running? It's like and it's I know it's a bit pulist to just go run, <laughs> but it is. 
there That's is, what football is nowadays. It's power and pace. Sorry. Sorry, I just had a little grealish rant. Go on, Aaron. No, I, I completely agree with you. And it is easy after you've lost to go, oh, I'd take him in my team or whatever. But I remember in the summer, we were getting like hotly linked with Awar. And I, I tweeted out, Awar's a great player, but we need a creative force. And he isn't necessarily the player that some people think he is. Like, you look at his assist stats, you look at his chance creation, and it's very Sabios esque. He is Sabios, but a lot better in a lot of ways. He's better at carrying the ball. But I said, I'd much prefer signing Jack Grealish. And this was before he signed his, what, five year deal? So he's not going anywhere now. I kind of got like lambasted on Twitter. And I think like a Grealish, a Madison, uh, I'm not even going to attempt to say his name, but the. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, (laughs) I think we do need that more, not Mm. quite a number 10, but someone who can play in a midfield three. At times they can play on the left. All three of them are really the same in that regard. They play between the lines because we've all grown up with like Santi Cazola, Des Fabregas, Ozil. At a time, there was like eight of them in the team. There was Cazola on the left, Wilshire, Ramsey in midfield with Ozil in front of them. And we're, we're, and, yeah. we're absolutely starved of it now because, yeah, it's easy to go. Ozil's not playing, but like in our actual squad, we we don't have we don't have a player like that. I'd have loved Ziyech. Yeah, honestly, Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea have a as well. He's an Arsenal fan as well. Oh, he he's a he's a Mesut Ozil like fanboy basically. Yeah. That's the thing. Like Ziyech Wood is 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 the good that guy. Or, or to be fair, I agree with you. I think if you give me the option of Alwar or Grealish, I take Grealish. Grealish is Premier League proven. Proven that not only he's not Premier League proven in the sense that like Emi Buendia, for example, who I'm a fan of, has just played in the Premier League. He's Premier League proven as in he has taken the game to top opposition. He has ripped apart the best defenses in this country. There is no doubt about him as a quality player. He is a top four player. Okay, 100%. 100%. So, sorry, Aaron. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was just going to say on Emmy Wendy, that's a good point because people will, will say, yeah, Grealish would have cost, what, 60, 70, 80 mil. And yeah, fair enough, we couldn't have afforded him. But Wendy, like, he was there to be taken. Norwich weren't playing him last season and he was still, I think, top three for chances created in the league. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Why, not, why not take a punt on him? Fifteen million. That they, they were, they were trying to sell him to Fenerbahce. He had uh, rumors were that he had a bust up at backroom level in Norwich this summer, and they were trying to sell him to Fenerbahce for twelve and a half million quid or something. They were trying to strike it, and you're thinking twelve and a half million pounds for somebody who was in the top five chances created last season. When we're crying out. And I know, I think we've just got this wanky obsession over first choices at the moment. It feels like we went, okay, Alwar is our first choice. If we don't get Alwar, we're not getting anyone. And it it just leaves us with six months of not having the players we need. And obviously, this summer, again, had the caveat of we have about 92 players in our squad and all of them are (laughs) centre-backs. But I'd still rather leave out Rob Holding. I'd still rather leave out Pablo Mari. I'd still rather leave out Christ knows who. Granite Xhaka for somebody like Buendia or even just anybody that can play a pass into the final third. It's just a different type. It's a different type. Yeah. And I know I know we're slightly playing football manager here, but Fenerbahce, Ozil, 
there's got to be something we could have done there. But anyway. Oh, also, um, I'm, I, f- I feel really bad because I got the um, I got the Istanbul pronunciation right. Uh, it's it's pronounced Fenerbahce. What a show off? Uh, <laughs> I'm not even lying to you. <laughs> I love it. Listen, Brad, keep it coming. Um, okay. Can we before we move on to some questions? Were there any positives from from tonight? Uh, I know it's going to be hard to find. Um, I, I, I think, and it may kind of go into the questions. I, I saw a tweet from uh, James McNicholas, uh, kind of blog on Twitter, but, but who's at the game, basically saying that Arteta was trying to instruct every single pass. Almost, he was almost going pass it there, pass it there, pass it there. It's not as if Arteta thinks this is okay. And uh, t- 12 months ago, whatever it was, we might have had a post-match from Unai saying, we are in one process, we are trying to find the best balance, whatever. Arteta is clearly trying to do something. And he has, as you said, Aaron, he has ideas and he has a plan. I'm <laughs> not losing faith, but I'm starting to see cracks appear. But I also know, like I know, almost certainly from, from what we know about him, that he's going to go away over these two weeks and try and find what the fuck we can do. Um, I think he is certainly a, a manager who's not afraid to go, okay, maybe, and, and, and potentially we'll see change. We have seen change before. We've seen changes in system. He came in, played away. He's moved through different different forms and patterns of play. Do we, I, I feel, maybe I'm, I'm alone in this, but I feel like we're going to see a reaction. Surely, I mean, if, if there's any positives, we can see a reaction. There, uh, there's also some, there is positives. There are, there are positives in the sense of there are pieces there that we can build towards. One thing that we have to remember is this is Unai Emery's squad. Even without some of Unai Emery's best players, Gwendouzi, when he was playing under Emery, was one of his most useful players. Okay, he's had a bust up, but could still come back and be, you know, He's he's one of one of the players that we need who will at least pick up that ball in midfield and run. Uh, and there is a squad there that after next summer could really, with the right acquisitions and the right sales, move on. It's just this season is for me. I'm starting to see more as a we just need to get to next season. We just need to get through this season and get to next season. Because whether we want it to happen or not, Aubameyang's never going to be here to win us a Premier League. So what we need him to do is get us back into the Champions League next season or the season after, before his contract ends, and then we can start the big rebuild into being a title-challenging team with the funds that will come with that. But there are signs of progression. You know, we've we've gone from being one of the worst defences in the league to being one of the most formidable teams in the league. Okay, we didn't show that today, but we've shown that in previous games. And there's lots of good players in that squad. Gabriel is fantastic. Party is brilliant. Aubameyang is a class forward. Saka, brilliant. Martinelli is great from what we've seen so far. Pepe can offer us something, but we just need to... It feels like we're massively stuck in this rebuild because we weren't able to get the players out that we needed to. You know, He's brought in three players and he's already changed our team so dramatically. So, Aaron, I'd love to hear any positives you, you kind of took from that game, but also I just want to throw a little curveball at you. Saliba's involvement. And I know we can't; he can't be involved for for a while. But would you potentially integrate him towards the end of the season? Um, and that's kind of two questions. But go for it. I mean, in, in terms of positives, it, it's a quick answer. Honestly, I can't really think of much. I thought thought party 
put up a really good performance in the first half. And hopefully, I think it was a thigh injury. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, hopefully, yeah. it's not too serious. Hopefully, it's just precaution. But it's a good it's a good point on Saliba. I've been championing Saliba's integration in the team, um, and I really I didn't expect him to come in and start every game, but bare minimum, I thought he would be playing Europa League. Obviously, he's not in the Europa squad. He I th- he is in the, the... He doesn't need to be registered for the Premier League squad, I think. Um, because oh, because he's under 21. Do, yeah, because yeah, he's under 21. So he still he can play. Um, I know a few weeks ago, he wasn't in the under 23 team, so everyone was like, oh, Saliba's going to play, Saliba's going to play. But you had back then, you had Mustafi was out, Louise was out, Mari was out, Holding was out and Chambers were all out and he couldn't even find his way in the squad. So it's clear to see Arteta wants to build him in slowly and you have to sort of understand it because of what's going on in his personal life. You just can't, you can't dictate, can't um, put him in the team if he's going to make mistakes, which which I do kind of get. But on the other hand, I'm then like, he's going to learn from his mistakes he clearly is a big character. He, he's not the type of guy who's going to make a mistake and then he's going to cry off for ages. But Holding makes a mistake. Is he going to learn? Mustafi, is he going to learn? I, I don't think so. I'm fully, fully with you. And and, and Brad, this kind of comes back to what you were just saying now about this kind of... We feel like we're always in transition, but we are. We're in transition and we're not a finished team. And as you say, Aaron, Saliba... If Saliba sits off, he goes in on Monday, Arteta tells him, do not give Ross Barkley four seconds, just stood there. You've got to pressure him. You've got to do something. And he remem- he learns and he he takes that forward. And by the time next year, he's 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 you know, 20 or however old he is. And Gabriel, I think Gabriel's one of the best signings we've made in the last five years, personally, um, or maybe in the last 10. I think he's, again, I thought tonight he was fan- fantastic. But what was telling is I think it was either the second or the third goal. There was a shot of Gabriel and Holding just shouting at each other. And I thought, fair enough, Gabriel. Fair enough. Because every single time Holding makes the same. He's caught on his inside. He's on his back foot. It's the same thing. And I wonder whether Saliba, we just take the hit. There's that great clip of Wenger basically saying, I know a young centre-back is going to um, is gonna lose me points, but I, I'm, I'm prepared to do that. Cost and me I points. Yeah, the education yeah. of a youth player. The education of a youth player will cost me points in the cost of a season, but that will gradually go down and you'll get a great player out of it. And I wonder whether that's something we can look at. But yeah. Yeah, no, agreed. Just just look at what Fofana's doing at Leicester. Every single person that watched in Etienne, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I watched one, but every French journalist, football fan, saying Saliba was the superior player, like comfortably as well, that he marshaled that back line when he was playing. Obviously, struggled a little bit with injuries last season but Fofana looks an amazing player and I really do have faith that Saliba will be an even better player for us and I almost think now by not playing him there's an expectation building and building and building for when he does come in and the longer you leave it the more people are going to expect. I think it's perfect time to play him now because there's no flat there's no fans in the stadiums. Exactly. Exactly. But just have have the boy delete his social media for six months and say, look, you'll get regular first team football. Delete your social media so you can't get hate mail that's going to ruin your confidence. And let's just let's march on and get you in. I think it's interesting to talk about Leicester as well, because if you think 
if we played a full-strength Leicester team, because we played Leicester pretty much the same way that we played today, and if we played that full-strength Leicester team, again, we would, have been, we would have been battered. We'd have been looking at another 3-0. And then that changes our... Because we look at that Leicester result as an unlucky 1-0 loss. But if they were at full pace with Vardy in from the start, with Soyuncu in, with Ndidi in, we would have been down for the count, gone. And on the consistency note as well, there's a. it must be frustrating for Gabriel to be playing with Louise one week, Mustafi the next, holding the next. You know, if, if Saliba is meant to be his long-term partner, which I believe is the plan or certainly was the plan, just stick him in. I, I think I think actually, I, I if 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 the concern from Arteta is he's going to get hounded by the fans, I think he's massively underestimated the fans because I think people will forgive a young centre back clearly trying, clearly going through a hard time. If we feel like there's a progression, the problem is, is we watch Mustafi make the same fucking mistakes every single year. So it's 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 this literally carbon copies of goals. You could play them over each other. Yeah. I said it a couple of weeks ago. I said it a couple of weeks ago when I was watching the Man City doc. I watched Mustafi get torn apart. And that was three fucking years ago. Yeah. Like, where, why, why, what is going on that we are not moving these players out and bringing these new players in? Aaron, you've got contacts. Can you just get rid of Mustafi for us? Yeah. Can you just fucking sack him off, please, mate? It's it's funny you say that. Like, I had had a load of people in the summer saying to me, like, oh, you know, your new party was signing, like, let me know all this transfer (laughs) stuff. And I was like, mate, I had no idea party was signing until about, 20 minutes before everyone else. I just had the article prepared just in case. Yeah. Came in. Like, Smart. People, were, people were thinking I was getting this inside information. And I, like, I like to play up on it a bit. You know, like, oh, can't, can't say what my sources are telling <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tweet, tweet the eyes and tweet the, the egg timer and stuff. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm definitely not an IT guy. But I, I remember my first article was on William and it was, Basically, a piece on like why wow, he's such a good signing. I didn't, I didn't believe what I was saying. I was talking about his decision making <laughs> and stuff. Like and honestly, I honestly, I, I didn't believe anything. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, I, mean, I hope I'm not to say that, but I think. I, yeah, it'd be fine. That's that's fascinating though. Is there a and and this is you obviously don't obviously don't have to answer this question. Is there a, a sense for you then when you're writing that you have to like keep it because like you know Adrian Clark on the on the analysis. I'm sure there's sometimes he's wanted to go. We were fucking shit. <laughs> so do you have to be quite careful? Well, it's not something that I've been told. They've never okay. been like you can't say this, you can't say that. But from reading other stuff. It is sort of, it is kind of PR more than journalism. Like, yeah, it, it is a lot, my opinion, but like, I'm not going to be like, fuck me, stop you. Shit today. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like, that would go down well or say, like, oh, get yeah. this Lacazette, get this fraud out of my team. So, yeah. What did you call him? Bold. I called him a bold fraud. No, bold smurf. That was it. Oh, a bold Smurf. Yeah, I called him a bold Smurf. Which I think Smurfs are bold. Friggin' midget. I've got the views my own in my bio, just just in case. So yeah, I, I think <laughs> you'll be fine. I think it's all. Yeah. If anyone from Arsenal's listening, it's all my fault. Blame me. Uh, right. Uh, okay. Should we do some questions, boys? I, I would be remiss if I did not mention. I think I'd be remiss if I did not mention a quick. Uh, Martinez Leno is Martinez the biggest mistake that we've I, I made a very salacious comment 
uh, in a text message to Alex, I said that selling Martinez is going to prove the biggest mistake since selling Henri to Barcelona. Uh, what's your opinion opinion on the Martinez sale, Elena, and how he performed tonight? See, honestly, I've been from when he came into the team a huge Martinez fan. I think playing out from the back, he's superior to Leno, and mm-hmm. I think. In the air as well. I, I really like Leno, so I don't want to oh. be like insult, insulting him. But in the air, Leno is pretty, it's pretty average. It's maybe Shit. like from a reef. Well, yeah, um, maybe from a reflexes point of view, he edges it a little bit. I agree with you. Selling him was a huge mistake, and people were saying twenty mil. What is twenty mil nowadays like? You look. Aaron Ramsdale went to Sheffield United for what fifteen mil, like. I think keeping Emmy was imperative for us. You look at those goals against City in the FA Cup semi, Liverpool in the Cooney Shield, and he's at the heart of that. Mm-hmm. You look at Aston Villa's third goal the today. The goal tonight. Aston Villa's third goal tonight. You you look at that that cross Tierney put in in the first half. Lacazette had an open net. It's Lacazette, so yeah, maybe he wouldn't have scored it, but Emmy just flicked it away perfectly. And... You look and you go, yeah, Leno didn't actually do anything wrong, but there's a difference between not doing anything wrong and just doing a lot right. And I just think... Though there was a moment, there was a moment, I can't remember who shot it, but there was a shot that came in that he went down and almost like kind of caught it, but then lost it, spilled it, and then had to scramble forward for it. And I was like, that's not a good look when we've got... When we've got fucking Emmy over there keeping a clean sheet against us. I mean, he's kept more clean sheets at Emirates than Leno this season. Uh, that's a mad <laughs> Oh, God. Well, the positive is, boys, we can actually, we can laugh at it at least. Fuck's sake. Right. Let's do some questions. So we've had a question in from MA, who is at Footymatics. Uh, and he has said suggestions on how to manage the creativity issue till January, February. Doing an article on this, actually. <laughs> Little plug for footy, footy matics there. Um, okay, I just for, for my uh, what's the phrase? Sixpence? No, two cents. Where does that come from? Two cents on this? No idea. Um, my two cents on this is the the United game. Our high press was our creativity. Forcing the other teams to make mistakes was our creativity. And I think that is massively underrated. That's my short answer. Aaron, what's your probably much more footballistically interesting answer than mine? No, I, I completely agree with you. Like you look you look at the early Klopp days under Liverpool and they had they people forget they had teething problems too. They remind me a lot of how our team is not they performed in the big games. The game like today, they would have lost today. They lost loads like the Norwiches, mm-hmm. the Watfords. A few times they lost 3-0, I remember. I think it was Hull as well, and they got promoted. And I think people... That is mad memory, by the way. <laughs> uh, I mean, I could be waffling. People could look this up and I could be chatting shit. But I, I do remember there was quite a few games where they just they couldn't break teams down. But the pressing was, like you said, the pressing was their creativity. And I think... We need to set up a team, though, that a creator will fit in and be the difference. Because the way we set up right now, if you put a creator in, yeah, we'll create a little bit more, but we don't have the platform to succeed. And I think the 4-2-3-1 or the 4-3-3 is the way to go. I think 
you look at early days, uh, how we play. I remember Arteta's first win against United. Maitland Niles was playing the inverted the inverted fullback, and I just thought this is this is the blueprint. Obviously, Bozo's out that team now, but you put Saka on the left, Aubameyang up front, and honestly, Dick Smith Rowe, Dick Nelson, just try something new. Like, if if we see a run of games where we play Smith Rowe or Nelson or Willock and they don't perform, fair enough. You give some minutes to a youngster, didn't work out, but they learned something from it. Like, this constant mm-hmm. going round and round in circles, not like, who, who's who's gaining anything from it? It's just, it is frustrating, but it's, it's easy to see the negatives, but I do think Arteta might change something. And he, he's a smart guy. He knows that, like you said, it's not like Emery. He knows that there's a lot wrong and it's up to him to find a solution. But at the mm-hmm. minute with our squad that we have, I just think the main, the main thing would be 4-3-3 with Saka on the left and Pepe on the right because they're two of our three most creative players from last season. Fucking run at teams. Yeah, exactly. Like United. <laughs> We've got such quick players and we're just not running at teams. United have Bruno is really their only creative player. They win so many penalties because Martial, because Rashford, they run in the box. They run at teams. Yeah, Pepe and Aubameyang doing that. I, it, it just, it makes no sense to me. It really doesn't. Yeah, so um, I tweeted out after the game in in much fury about um, Pepe needing to start over William and Saka on the left and yada, yada, yada. And I had one of our, our followers and listeners tweet me saying, if you're Eddie, Pepe, Nelson, Willock, Saliba, what are you thinking now? How can players like William, Lacazette, Holding, Mustafi constantly putting these kind of one out of 10 performances go missing, but still get picked every game. And when does this fall at Arteta's feet as a bad managerial decision? I think we've seen from the start that Arteta trusts experience more than youth. Um, I think that's a trend. uh, And I think that will probably continue. I don't necessarily disagree with it. And I've also seen comments from Arteta about stuff like the Wilshire stuff saying you don't want to put too much on players too early but there's a certainly a question to be asked I think especially when you see and maybe it will be in the changes we see after after the international break who knows but I would love to see him just take some more risks with with the younger players let these guys free let Nelson run let Willock run and let's just see what happens this guy's also tweeted me some stats we cut just to just to give this context we are 19th for shot-created actions. We are 13th for goals scored, 14th for shots on target, 17th for key passes, and 16th for expected goals. That is... It's abysmal. It's like West Brom level. I mean, you say by um, from the start, we sort of saw Arteta didn't trust the youngsters. I mean, I personally disagree a little bit. Like... The first, the first few games, I remember against Chelsea, for instance, which was his first home game. He played Nelson over Pepe, and a lot of people sort of raised eyebrows about that. Yeah. And he, he played Nelson a few times, actually. And uh, a start as well, Willock was our most used player last season. Not in terms of minutes, but in terms of games. So 
I remember after lockdown, almost every game Willock would come on for twenty minutes, and not gonna lie, he, he didn't. Yeah. He, he didn't do much, but I think though those twenty minutes add up. So maybe maybe there's some recency bias there from me then, but then what? But then what is it? Yeah. Because he appears to be. I think it mu- it must be to do with training. I really think so because there's no way he has seen our last few games and then seen how some of the young guys are doing Europa League and gone. They can't even get in the squad. I I really think he is a man, maybe to his own detriment, that he's a bit over the top with his work rate, and I completely get the fact he wants players that are going to completely work work for the bad, work for results. That's completely understandable, but it comes a point when you have to be like, okay, Rob Holding works really well, but he's not good. It's just it's confusing. I think finding that balance is tough because everyone criticised Wenger for he let players get away with stuff. He, he trusted them too much, basically. And I think we've seen with Arteta, his opinion on players can switch very quickly. Like Maitland-Niles can't get a look in in the team now after it looked like he was one of Arteta's favourites. Yeah, what's going on there? I had another question about that. What What's going on there? Honestly, I, I have no idea. I think... What do you mean? You play for Arsenal. You surely you know. I mean, I think when we're playing this this five at the back, it does make a little bit more sense to play Bellerin. But I really like. But why not him on the left? Yeah, in that inverted wing back role, he bossed some of those FA Cup games, and you just think that would then mean that you could play Saka further forward, Abamyang centrally. Like the thing is, is the thing that's frustrating for me as a fan is. I sit there on FIFA and I play. I play. I've not done my. I've not done coaching badges. I've played football manager. Yet for some reason, it feels like I can see this and see where a slightly obvious change could change the way we're playing. But our own manager won't do it, and I just really wonder why and what's going on back there. I think he's obviously like a really smart guy. I think he does see it. I really does. We don't see everything behind the scenes. Mm. I think. With the likes of Pepe, he must not train well because Emery didn't fancy him too much, Freddie didn't, and now the same Arteta. That that must be some issue with training. William obviously works hard. He's been criticised by Chelsea fans for years, um, rightly so, too, for his performances, but he always found a way in the team. So my guess is he follows manager's instructions. And fair enough, you want someone who will follow you, but like you mm-hmm. said, there, there's a point where you do need to just like suck it up and be like, okay, Pepe isn't going to put a 10 out of 10 in training, but he might actually create something in this game when we need him most. Yeah. And not just yeah. flinging him off for 20 minutes. Because that, does that doesn't help his confidence. If he's playing well against Undock, playing well against Mulder, like he expects that he's going to be involved for more than 20 minutes when we're losing 2-3-0. Like you, you have yeah. to feel. Is there a is there a two birds with one stone thing here in that Maitland Niles coming in at right back for Bellerin, which I don't hate the idea of, can be a bit more athletic, do a bit more of the running down that channel, be on that overlap, be on that on that sort of. I mean, you know, we see Bellerin crossing, but it's often from a bit deeper. He rarely gets to that byline these days, and. He's not that straight line player anymore. I saw um, at Gunnar tweet something about potentially something wrong with his hips. I mean, 
weird take. But I thought, you know, there it might be something in it. Because, and he said, because he can only pass to his left, and it, and all of his all of his crosses appear to be weak or appear to be kind of like it's just not. He hasn't got the fizz on the ball at the moment. And I wonder whether taking Bayern out and it might free up Pepe. I don't know. Um, it's just, I don't know though because he has been kind of one of our most improved players in the last couple of games. He's played well. I think it would be unfair yeah. to take Bellerin out. I think this is what I mean about. We've seen it work before with Ainsley at the invert. I don't think Bellerin's the problem. Nor do I. I just wonder whether it would open up Pepe a bit more. It's it's that left side again. We are playing the wrong players in positions on that left side. Saka is not a left wing back. He scored an own goal tonight because he cannot. He's not a defender. He for me, Saka is a winger. I don't play my left winger at left wing back. You, you could play a centre, like kind of a centre mid maybe at left wing back and then have them transition into the midfield in different phases of play, which Maitland-Niles has done brilliantly. But it just doesn't... It's... I th- it's Bellerin is not the person you drop. Willian is the person you drop for Pepe, first of all. And then I think you, you need to drop Laka. I would play Eddie over Laka. And I don't think Eddie offers us much more at the moment because I don't think that he has the experience to. But I still think he offers us a little bit more. I'd play a wheelie bin over fucking Laka, mate. <laughs> I mean, it, it's funny you say about Eddie not offering much up front because I agree. I think he's a bit like a Bamiang in the sense his movement's very good, but on the ball with his back to goal, he's not all that. So mm. why... why because why, why can't Arteta see that Aubameyang can play up front? Because if he's playing Eddie up front, does Eddie offer much more than Aubameyang in terms of hold up? I don't. I really don't think so. And I'm I'm bored of talking about it. I, I feel like every game when the lineup comes out, I'm just like, why can't one of the best strikers in the world be played as a striker? It's not as if we've got another striker who's one of the best in the world. We've got a mediocre one who's ruining everything for us is this a pro it might have his nudes is this a a process of uh, there's a a thing going around that maybe Arteta's has kind of inherited the the overthinking thing from pep right and sometimes it is just about going put your best players in their best positions don't worry about it too much and just let it happen but the issue is and i wonder is he's not overthinking He's playing a regular starting lineup. Okay, occasionally there's one or two names changed, but you can guarantee that Leno's in goal, Gabriel is is in at the back. You've probably got Holding. You'll guarantee yourself, Louise. It's either going to be Bellerin or Cedric. Most of the names on the team sheets are, and and tactically, we've not changed the way we're playing in a, in a while. It's not that he's over. What Pep does is Pep plays the same team in the same style and then we'll play Leon in a one-off game and decide to play Phil Foden at false nine. That's overthinking. What Pep is, what what um, Arteta is doing at the moment is he is rigidly sticking to a tactic that is not working. We're seeing it's not working. We are in the bottom half of the table for anything to do with creativity and attacking play. Okay, we've, you know, solidified the back, which is what we needed to do. But now we need to take steps forward. Now we need to take a risk and see if changing the formation changes those results. Because at the moment, we don't even know if changing to a 4-3-3 is going to affect how good we are defensively. It might not. And then we might get better offensively. But the issue is, is he's just not taking those precautions. If anything, I feel like he... (laughs) 
underthinking is not a phrase, but I feel like he's doing the opposite of what Pep does. Pep con- like will change things and be like, I'm going to play Carl Walker as a right winger and Phil Foden at, at false nine centre forward with, you know, Aguero at centre back. That's the kind of sh- stupid shit Pep will do on an occasion. But Arteta does none of that. At least with Pep, it I- comes off every once in a while. I di- I slightly disagree because I think what Arteta does, and maybe I need to be more specific. I think he overthinks the system overall. And I think he overthinks and worries too much about the balance. Every single part of that that pitch, he's trying to create the most balanced team possible, right? I believe that that is what Arteta wants to do. He is, you're right, being consistent with our, fairly consistent with our lines, very consistent with our tactics and how we're playing. We always see that U shape in our build up, everything. I'm I'm with you on that. I think up front, I think he's overthinking. I think he's trying to balance us out too much with Willian and with with Aubameyang and Lacazette. And I just think. Play some explosivity. Play some unpredictability. Play some. Play something that you can't teach. He, you know, you have to have a player like Saka. But we're not balanced. No, I know, but he. But I, well, exactly. It's not working. We're so it's left not heavy. working. We're so left. Heavy. So, but but what I'm saying is, it's he's trying to balance everyone out in terms of he's trying to um, account for, pet, for 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 Lacazette's weaknesses. He's trying to account for, for what Willian does and and you know Bellerin, all all that sort of stuff. He, he has El Neni simply as a counterpoint to Party. Yeah. So. But I, I'm just I'm I'm questioning, and I think we're we're all shoot, we're all pulling in the same direction here. It's like how do we fix this thing? And it's something that he's got to do. I mean, thank fuck I'm not Arteta. <laughs> I mean, I actually I agree, with Alex. I think he is overthinking the front three. Like you can't coach everyone down to a T. You need some stuff that's off the cuff. And Wenger was like the opposite way. He wanted them to express themselves too much, but. I think We're so predictable. At, like you, you look at when Conte came into Chelsea, he found that balance where the back three and the pivot of Kante and Madic completely like coached. Um, the way they played up from the back, you could see that they were doing it like it was training. But that front three, when it was Hazard Costa and either William or Pedro, it was all off the cuff. They scored so many counter-attacking goals just from automatisms. Like they were, they were. Playing what we, I think, if we're going to go with a three at the back, need to aspire to do because we have been solid defensively, but you don't see us like breaking out from the back with intensity and with desire. We just will go back to Gabriel and he'll go to holding Bellerin and it'll just Mm -hmm. be slow and nothing's nothing's happening. Like, Mm -hmm. how many shots do we have a game? I don't know about how many we had today, but I think it was we averaged nine shots a game before today in the league which is just abysmal uh, I remember being used to any time we played anyone at home it was like a 4 or 5 nil. even towards the end with Wenger's away form was abysmal but we would beat Huddersfield or Brighton 4-5-1 at home every game and I think we took it for granted a little bit I know mm. I did I'm, I'm all for, for sure. winning over play style but we we're not doing either. At the we're moment. not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're not playing. We're not winning and we're playing like fucking shit. Yeah, exactly. Like, what, yeah. where is the balance? Yeah. Because somehow we find a way to be, tonight anyway, shit defensively and shit going forward. Like, I would rather lose 4-3 than 3-0. But, mm. I don't know, it's all the same, I guess. It's just, it's frustrating, man. For real, it's, 
Okay. Let's let's cheer ourselves up with some frivolity. Aaron, there must be some weird shit since you started writing for Arsenal.com that you've received in your Twitter uh, notifications. Do you have any stories you can regale us with? Just to, just to play us out from this podcast, which has been a pleasure. I mean, I don't think I have any like over-the-top weird shit. I've had a lot of people message me like, how, how did you become like an Arsenal journalist or like yeah. I'm an aspiring journalist. I'm like, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm at uni. Like I didn't email the editor. There you go. <laughs> no, but like, I, I don't get, I don't get paid for like my yeah. articles, which is completely fine. I, I wouldn't expect it. It's, it's just good for my CV. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And you get some like random fans sometimes just messaging me like, please, like help help me out mate and i'm like i'm doing some, some shitty uni modules writing blogs for them so honestly it, it is it's, it's baffling it it kind of is I'm, I'm just waiting for that verification tick and then maybe i'll become a fake right rename yourself like the arsenal window or something some random <laughs> I'll just, thing i'll get a few egg and then yeah mate then yeah, you're but no i don't really have any like weird shit that i'm scrolling through my dms now I, I don't really have any any weird shit i'm not gonna lie started to disappoint no not at all what's like the uh what's like the the dream like what would be like your ultimate goal from all of this i mean right for order right for us was so sick um but i would like to maybe do maybe for like a newspaper or like the likes of sky sports espn Something like that where I'm I'm doing more feature pieces and I can I'm not basically just saying these guys were great today. You know that yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to sound, I don't want to sound like I'm taking it for granted, of course I'm not, but there like comes a point where you do wanna just say really what you feel. Um for me the dream is just writing about football, talking about football for a living. If I can get there, sick. If not I might end up doing some terrible clickbait articles for a horrible newspaper. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Ten things you won't believe about Mikel Arteta's hair care routine. Yeah, I, I don't want to really be writing articles about Sterling going to Greg's or whatever. Yeah, so I, I, I don't think I'll ever, I'll ever see that though. But. Well, listen, mate, you are always, always welcome on the different knots. Absolutely, thank you so yeah, much for coming please, on. Whenever you wanna, You've been, this has been great. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to come back on again. I'll see. You. Incredible. I just love chatting some shit about it. Absolutely. People aren't United fans. <laughs> Is that who you live with? Yeah, uh, I live with two United fans. and Oh, it must be hell, mate. I'm so sorry. Oh, shit. It's, it's tough. To be fair, they're, they're, they'll probably end up listening to this. So. In which case, Oli, uh, I love Oli. Keep him as long as you want. Great, great manager. Keep, keep really the brilliant. PE teacher in. Really brilliant. Uh, listen, Aaron, it's been an absolute pleasure, but we better we better finish it there. Um, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Appreciate. I love coming on. I'm happy to come on anytime. Good stuff. You sure you don't want to plug anything? You got you haven't got a book coming out or anything? Just uh, just plug the the Patreon for yes this. Patreon. Oh, hey. Come on. <laughs> we love mate, that. What was You're it? coming on was again. Was it the last mate. episode or the episode before? Where I mentioned that fucking thing about four times. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, in my mind, um, uh, just just give a different knock on Patreon. There you go. 
Thank you so much, boys. It's been a pleasure. Better leave it there. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you when probably half of Arsenal's squad has COVID. So, in a bit. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. If you did enjoy that and want to hear some more, please hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using for a new podcast every Monday and Thursday. If you want to support the show and get access to exclusive content, check us out on Patreon and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at DiffKnock. Thanks. Podcast Network.